coming in on three, two, He's one. Welcome to another episode of Bruce Booze and Reviews. Yeah! I, I like the shot full of shit. That's about it. <laughs> was that was that recorded? <laughs> a sperm bag of sounders. Bananas kind of pissed me off. And the average for the beer that everybody loves is really high. I like getting shit on. It's not an episode if you didn't make something up. Tangerines are whores. Hi, welcome to another episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews, a childish podcast about adult beverages. I'm your host, Knox. With me today is Big Earn. Big Earn here with my podcast socks on, which I'm kind of ashamed nobody said anything you about yet. Podcast socks? I have podcast socks. Look. Uh, well, you are wearing shorts. I thought you'd be wearing pants. It's kind of ah, chilly. Out. It's still summer. Oh, you're one of those guys. Yeah. Wear shorts in the middle of winter? No, not usually outside. Okay. <laughs> I, I have natural uh, stuffing insulation. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm self-insulated. You're like a Build-A-Bear. <laughs> <laughs> don't say it. Not a honey bear. I don't have that sound. I need to get that sounder on the phone here. Nah, not really. All right. And we got with us Chris as well. Hey, Chris. I was pulled out of bed and drug here against my will. I don't like, think it was actually against your will. It wasn't literary. against my will. It was literary. I forgot to set my alarm last night, and they were pounding on my door to wake me up, and uh, I've been a little irritable all since. <laughs> <laughs> we got him in a better mood now. Did oh, you say irritable middle. bowel? Oh, yes. That's me. Okay. No, I, I'm irritable bowel Chris. Well, I mean, see that or easy Chris. Easy. Oh, that's old. <laughs> That's like the first 40 I've, episodes. I've grown since then. <laughs> I'm an adult now. All right. Welcome to episode number 200 of Brews, Booze, and Reviews. Yes, episode 200. Really? Yes. Yeah. Wild. This is it. This is our uh, 200 anniversary. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And our we are, Yeah. What, what did you say? Bi- How did you say it? Bicentennial. Yeah. I would have sounded out, but it's not written for me. But yeah. He's <laughs> a terrible I'm and I did want to, I know I, I, I talk a lot of shit on a lot of the podcasts and, uh, you know, but I do want to thank everybody that's ever been on except for like three people. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, today's not over yet. They can figure out who I'm talking about. But <laughs> not, I, I do want to thank everybody that's been on the podcast and everybody that supported us because uh, it's been a lot of fun and I, I'm glad we get to keep doing it. Yeah, and we keep doing it because it's fun, and that's oh, what we—that's why we keep doing this. That's kind of what I said when we started. I'm like, I'll do this as long as I'm having fun. Yeah, and what better way to have fun than actually go and learn about beers at specific breweries, which is why we're here today in St. Paul at Urban Growler Brewing. Nice segue. Yes, I'm a pro at this. Three and a half years, buddy. And we are here with Deb Locke and Jill pa- Pavlak. Yes. God, I hope I pronounced that right. Kind of like Aflac. Aflac. How are you guys doing? Thanks for inviting us out to your brewery today. This is a great space. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. We're glad you're here. Oh, we're glad to be here. Are you, uh, are you picking up glad. on the warm, welcoming vibe? Yes. This is <laughs> yeah. a great space. I love this. Uh, you're out. Unfortunately, the weather doesn't really promote some great outdoor type of things going on right now but uh you do have a nice outdoor situation going on here as well yes. and we're sitting here yeah right it's like a this... huge patio yeah we call it a beer garden okay well there that makes sense because it's so much bigger than a beer patio yes what and do you water the beard with <laughs> say that again 
what do you water the it's, beer with? It, it's not a worth beer repeating. Garden. Yeah, beer garden. You want yeah. me to say it again? One more oh, time. I oh, get Jesus, it. I get it. So. Oh my god. Have oh, you read I my? Oh, you don't have today. my business card. <laughs> no. See, no, but if Chris would have said that, <laughs> I've got better delivery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true. He does have a better delivery. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I will never, uh, speaking of delivery, go through FedEx again. Why is that? Uh, not ever since they almost killed Tom Hanks in that plane crash. Jeepers creepers. We're moving on. That's We're living in the past. <laughs> that really disturbed me that he had to go through that. Let's move forward and talk about <laughs> Urban Growler. Yeah, let's just uh, talk about Urban Growler Brewing here. Uh, Deb, you're kind of like the the... the the reason why this beer get, kind of gets made, right? Because you're like the, the home brewer that started this this journey down into making beer. Can you tell us about your home brewing, when you started that, and why you started home oh. brewing in the first place? Well, um, I brewed my first batch of home brew back in the 90s, which, yep, that, that's a while ago. Was that a Mr. Brew kit? No. <laughs> it was, wasn't quite Mr. Brew, but it was, the first batch was extract, but um, it didn't, I didn't do many extract brews, because... They weren't as good as the all grain. Oh but man, you went straight to all grain after that. Really? Um, pretty. Let's just say I didn't brew a lot of uh, extract. Okay. Um, and the reason that home brewing started in the first place was because there weren't a lot of good brews at the time. Now we're in Minnesota, and we uh, have over 200 craft breweries in the area. Mm-hmm. And back th- back then, there weren't many. Summit was one of the few. Summit and shells. And you're from Wisconsin. Well, yeah. You're from from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Oh, geez, Wisconsin. He's a cheesehead. Yeah. So that was, we're we're nurtured on beer from a young age. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So that's all I had for my first three years. Beer? Yep. Yep. That's where I got my nutrients. That's all that I, milk shit. That's all the beer. That's why I have stunted well, growth and a terrible memory. But. <laughs> some beer has, you know, lactose in it. <laughs> yeah, some beer does have lactose in it. So how 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 much did your home brewing system grow from that extract to then growing to all grain to like? Well, I mean, what was your biggest like homebrew system when you when you stopped homebrewing and switched to something a little bit more? Yeah. So homebrewing. Um, so we used to do, I had a brewing partner and uh, we would do it at her house. Her ho- whole house was temperature mapped. So loggers, um, saisons really? in a closet with space heaters, kegerators with uh, heaters and coolers. So Whoa, no screwing around, huh? No, Jeepers. we, uh, we worked our way up there. And so I'm an engineer by training. So I worked for an engineer for many years. And hey, what kind of engineering? Biomedical engineer. Oh. Which is perfect training for becoming Oof. a brewer. But who knew? I, was, <laughs> I, I even lived in Wisconsin. Who yeah. knew? Um, so how did how did that translate to the beer then? Yeah, so there was a lot of experimentation. So a lot of design of experiments. And um, my brewing partner just wanted to keep brewing IPAs. But I had to have a few different yeasts, a few different hops, a few different temperatures, all from the same batch. And we... Uh, had the lab notebook with every all the stats on it and did a lot of taste testing and it was really fun. Oh, <laughs> Can I share a Christmas tree story about Definitely. her brewing? So a home brewing story. Home brewing yeah. story. Excellent. Uh, I was gone for the day and it was like the day after Christmas and I came it's home. It's cold. It was cold. It was really cold out. I came home and all the windows in the house are all steamed up and I'm like, what is going on? 
and I walk in and I can smell pine, like really like strong pine. And I'm like, what? Oh, great. She took the tree down. I was all excited. I'm a little premature, but okay, that's fine. And then I come to find out she has chopped up the tree and made a beer out of it. Spruce tips. Spruce tips. It was you spruce tips. It. It, it. it was not a good beer, but no. it was fun, I guess. It was like potpourri smelling well, in our I house a, for months. I had a bag of grain sitting there. I had yeast, but I had no hops. I'm like, well, just use something else. And Try it out. It was the Christmas tree. <laughs> I love it. That's good experimentation. I love that. That's yep. good stuff. Not she good, was upset. Not good, though, huh? It was not good. It was not good. Sometimes you have some failures, and it's all in the spirit of learning. That one uh, was not good. That's right. I, every mistake I make is in the spirit of learning, and I am <laughs> constantly learning. He's a connoisseur of that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but then, that was a good indication of Deb being obsessed with brewing. Yeah. Right. That's I was going to say, it sounds like more of an obsession than a hobby. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> well, whole, it, it started as a hobby. And two houses were destroyed with homebrew equipment. Well, Not beautiful. Would, <laughs> but they're still on the market. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then uh, how did you get into the Northern Brewer supply store job? Is that because yeah. you just bought so much shit there for your home <laughs> well, brewing that they're like, ah, fuck it, let's hire. Well, well, you get a discount? You get a big discount, nice. which, is, which is great when you're in product development of your own beers. So um, you're in product development too, huh? Well, I worked at Northern Brewer when mm-hmm. I was an engineer so I could get better price on ingredients. That's how it really started. But okay. it was really a fun job because I spent the time I was there talking to people about beer and how to make beer and beer homebrewing equipment. So Just was, picking brains. It was really fun, yeah, yeah. fun, fantastic. And um, that was really how I got to know a lot of the Northern Brewer people. I worked at the retail store. And um, then after I went to brewing school and did my internship at Summit, I had to go back and make a little more money. So then I went back to Northern Brewer as a project uh, manager and worked in new product development so oh, working on homebrew equipment and recipe development and recipe development so, that's so awesome yeah so getting paid for doing what i love but you kind of glossed over your schooling yeah where'd you go to school after the brewer yeah school? well i did go to school um at uc davis master brewers program you know i've heard California. a lot of like major master brewers have have come out of that program so there's nothing to be ashamed about about going to school for that yeah was, that, that's particular school particular yeah it was very very intense time and uh jill who's my not only my business partner but also my life partner and spouse um went with us it, it was me her and the dog <laughs> and i was in school and working all the time and tasting some beers and Jill did all the cooking, and, and I'm she's not a not, cook. She's not a cook. So. Deb lost a lot of weight. She <laughs> oh, looked very geez. tasty. <laughs> but the the produce in Davis, California, amazing. Yeah, there's like farm stands everywhere, and I think I made uh, salsa one night, and a, it, a I ended up spending like fifty six dollars on one salsa. A quart <laughs> one, salsa one or one quart. Of, I had no idea, but it was delicious. <laughs> oh, it sounds delicious. Yummy. <laughs> Yep. Well, uh, so how was it at Summit? Yeah, so Summit, um, so actually Mark Stutrude was someone I talked to early on when I told him I wanted to be a brewer. And he said, well, you're going to need experience and you're going to need education. And so 
I took his advice and I went to school at UC Davis. And then um, when I was finishing up, I um, contacted Mark and I did my apprenticeship with Summit Brewing in, here in St. Paul, Minnesota. So worked in all parts of the brewery and started in the lab, which is was great. I mean, lab, is, that's intense scientific process. I mean, that must yep. have been like your... For me, as a as a nerd, I love that scientific shit. The pH balances, yep. You know, uh, sodium, yeah, all doing that all, stuff. They had all the the fancy equipment and mm-hmm. doing all the um, the micro and the IBUs and alcohol calculations, carb, all kinds of stuff. So that was fantastic. One thing I would have loved to have gotten into if I would have had a chance is is develop yeast strains. That would have been super fun to do that. Yeah, sometimes we develop yeast strains here that we don't intend to, but... Um. <laughs> oh, she gets a point. Yeah! <laughs> well, hey, thanks for that, uh, for, for the, uh, you know, how you got started. Um, let's dig into this first beer. This first beer of the day is going to be the Linger Longer Lager. Wow, what can you guys tell us about this beer? How did it get developed? Well, it's an alliteration. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, I get that. I'm smart too. Ding. <laughs> see, how, see how many syllables so, were in that one? <laughs> so linger longer lager was um, it was a we were working on kind of our summer beer that you know the summer crusher and this is uh, what arose from that. Um, unfortunately, it didn't make it out till the crushing weather was over. So it it will appear in a different. Um, in a can next year, and it so didn't. It didn't appear, make it. It didn't make it, make it in time year. because it wasn't ready yet. Wasn't ready. Yet. Exactly. So you it care takes about the lager to make. Exactly. And see, <laughs> see, some people would just some brewers She's would just say jokes. Yeah. Well, some so, brewers would just say fuck it and throw it out anyways. But you care about the beer enough to say it ain't ready. I know I could sell much more of this if I put it out now, but it's not ready. It's yeah. not good enough. Yet. So how do you remember? Loggers, Jill? They take lager to make. (laughs) (laughs) See, you would boo me. I don't know. I don't know. We'll do one of these. All right. Uh, Of course you will. Well, we're at their house. Of course. Right? I understand. (laughs) I understand. That's good. Yeah, so this is uh, about 4.7% ABV, easy drinking. Can drink it all day long. And, um, we brew beer with in a variety of styles, but uh, most of our beer is in a drinkable alcohol range, so um, we can have more than one. Right. Like, women just can't drink quite as much as men, and so I want to have more than one. Not, Not with, with that, that attitude. attitude. <laughs> I beat him to it. <laughs> I think Not it was almost attitude. a jinx. <laughs> but um, so this is on that Summer Crusher ABV. Okay. It's one of the things that I noticed. I think the highest alcohol one that we actually tried anyway, besides when we get into those double seltzers, um, was 6.6 on the hazy IPA. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I think Tornado Drill that you haven't tried yet is around 7. Okay, I was looking looking for that, but I didn't see it on the can. Yep. And there's a good reason why we don't put it on the can. Because we don't exactly hit 7. We're not going to bring it back for... 7.1 7.1 or 6.9 because the law requires you to be exact Pretty and darn little small breweries aren't necessarily we don't have enough that. batches to blend it to hit the exact amount oh gotcha okay so we don't put it on there that's our 
And it's that's, on that's, our website. Yeah, and you're a, you're a seven barrel system here, right? We're ten. a ten barrel system, ten barrel system. Okay. that we push to twelve. Oh, uh, beautiful! Nice yep. huh. math. All right, so math. and then um, you were. So we also just brewed our candy corn imperial cream ale yesterday. In that, in the winter, we have a, uh, some higher ABV beers, and the candy corn will be around eight. Nice. But we tickle typically do approachable beers yeah because we we built the brewery with women in mind but never at the exclusion of men so like we try the you know making sure the alcohol is moderate um you know we have square back chairs you can hang a bag on it mm-hmm. so your stuff doesn't fall off the back of your chair and you're a big advocate for purse hooks exactly my wife yes. loves purse hooks when we go to a place like yeah that. and yes. and we have heat in the tap room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, okay, I deserve another one of these. Yeah! All right. Got to have the heat. Got to have the heat. All right. Um, so I got some notes on this linger longer lager. Almost a tongue twister. Oh, mine's gone. I didn't, um, it didn't linger long enough. Mine either. Okay. <laughs> no, no, mine's, fine. mine's longer gone. <laughs> um, on the nose, they get slightly sweet. I, um, it's a really nice malt bill on the nose on this one. I, I really appreciate the nose. Uh, on, on the palate, I get it's a fascinating profile um, from from the water profile and and the malt green itself. I get a lot of caramel and cornbread off that. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of pennies, just enough to make sure that you know that's kind of like a lager style. Uh, what can you tell about uh, about the malt bill itself? What did you use in this? Um, North Star Pills. Actually. North Star Pills. With some, I don't think I've ever had anything from North Star before, as far but, as the uh, grains. So, RAR malting down here has a lot of, uh, we use, get a lot of our grain from RAR, and that's one of one of their uh, their grains, okay. their malts. Yeah, I really thought it was great. I just love the caramel notes on this one and, and the cornbread, and I, I think it's a total crushable beer. I would totally drink this. Anytime I'm not sure if I agree with the caramel part too much. I do get some orange zest though, somewhere in there, some sort of orange citrusy, about three quarters of the way through. Mm. Then it kind of goes away, uh, and then yeah, it's just a, a crisp, well balanced, well carbonated lager that just tastes like a lager. Yeah, sometimes it's a beer. Yeah, it's a it's beer. A it's a beer, beer that tastes like a beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't have like. Cereal in it, and <laughs> this and that. No. Heinzgebrut, right? Yeah. Heinzgebrut. Wow. How do you say that again? Reinheitsgebrut. Reinheitsgebrut. Yeah, <laughs> I keep forgetting how to say that. Uh, how about you, Chris? We got any notes on this one? No, none. Okay. I cool. just thought it was cold and wet, and I liked it a lot. Um, <laughs> it was just, you know, it, it's what you want in a lager. It's something like that's really girlfriend. easy to drink, you know? Oh, and, for uh, sure. You know, it, it, it's got good amounts of sweetness to it keeps going back into the glass that's why it doesn't linger long enough in the glass <laughs> we should change the name it's a belly beer it's all in my belly almost immediately <laughs> excellent let's move on to the cowbell shall we a little bit of uh, sweetness on the aroma so this smells oh. a lot sweeter than the the lager and the lager already had good sweetness Almost like, I don't know, grainy notes. I kind of like that, like that that sweet and that corn nose on this one. Um, I, 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 one of my favorite styles in the spring especially is cream ales. I just love, well, that's because I'm from Wheat and Corn Nation up there in North Dakota. It's pretty much one of our main crops up there. So it's like, I like this. It's got a, 
a smoothness to it oh, in your mouth. So good. A thicker mouth feel than what a lager does. I don't know. It feels more substantial. It's still not heavy in the belly, though. It yeah. really coats the tongue, and that corn sweetness comes through to me. And it's it's, it's kind very, of funny. I hate to say it, smooth. Well, <laughs> that's kind a good of, descriptor, I think, smooth. Yeah, yeah but it, it's smooth on the tongue. It's, it's very light. It's 5.2%, so, yeah. I This is yep. what I want to have after, like, mowing the grass. I just well, want to chug a few of these. I like how you uh, used what they used to describe it in your description, because... Oh, yeah, lawnmower beer. Yeah, lawnmower beer is what they have on the website. Okay. And everybody wants more cowbell. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. One of those. Everybody loves cowbell. Uh, the couple, two things that I wanted to uh, remark about this beer. Um, one is the fact that some cream ales that I see are hazy, and this is perfectly clear like a lager. Uh, how, so is that... On, is that how cream ales are normally made, being clear like that? Or was that just your your take on a cream ale to make it clear like that? Um, it, it was intentional. So we filter the beer we package in the cans. And Cowbell gets packaged in a can. It's our flagship. It's what we sell the most of in the tap room and outside the tap room. Um, it's fine either way. Mm-hmm. But I wanted it to be a little clear. Sometimes we put it on and it's not filtered. It'll eventually clear anyway. Um, but we do put corn in here. So there is that corn note you're getting. It's That thicker mouthfeel. Yep, a little yep. more body. Mm-hmm. A little on the higher alcohol range for a cream ale, but it's delicious. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, I don't oh, mind that at all. It's an easy sipper. I, and, yeah. And I, and I, I wanted, really liked it. And the other thing I wanted to discuss with you, so it says flaked maize. Yep. Now, is that instead of corn? That is, yeah, okay, that's so, the, the corn. So what makes flaked maize better than just, you know, milled up corn meal? Well, milled up corn meal would... Or, or just corn, dried corn, I guess. Yeah, it, it's basically the same thing. Milled up... The, if it was too fine, it would just be powder. It would plug up our mash tun. Yeah, it uh, would be a long time. Nobody of water. likes this stuff. Mash yeah. tuns. Yeah. I mean, we we've uh, at times have supply chain issues. Have experimented with some other stuff, mm-hmm. and flake mace works works the best. Nice. Yeah, I, n- I never really uh, never heard of that particularly before, but I think this is great. It's full on flavorful, crushable, lovable. Most. Well, I just wrote that song. That's a great song. new country. Uh, we need some marketing. Help. Yes, <laughs> we're hiring a marketing person. Perfect. I'm in as long as I uh, can sleep here. The grain bags are very comfortable. <laughs> That's very what I comfortable. <laughs> Ernie's nickname in high school is Grain Bags. It was. Was it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's grain bin. <laughs> well, you were an offensive lineman. I'm feeling pretty and a defensive and a defensive lineman. Yes, <laughs> lineman in general. Uh, any other final notes about this uh, cowbell cream ale? Nope, just crush it. Find it, crush it. All right, let's move on Thank to our third beer. This is the Thrills for Pills. I don't know if you noticed, we also really like clean, fresh, crushable beers. Well, you came in the uh, kind of cusp of the season between the summer and winter, and um, or the fall, because overnight it turned to fall. 
Right. So, it you know, quick. we have this transition, and in the summer we have a lot more of the lighter beers, but it turned to fall yesterday. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, or even more pronounced today when it's 55 degrees outside. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Listen, uh, uh, normally when we do breweries, they have such an extensive lineup that we have to pick three individual picks and then have the brewers do their picks. But if that was the case today, this was my pick of the day. This was really clean. I- I'm kind of a Pilsner snob myself. And what I really found interesting, especially about this one, is on the nose, I, I love that sauce hops, but... It almost seems like a fruitier version of the sauce hops. Would it be, could it possibly be because you added it later in, in the boil where you get some more of that fruitier notes? Because I really like that about the, the nose on this beer. Um, I would say that it's probably more the yeast than anything. So okay. The lager yeast, that would be my um Your assessment. home recipe? Well, <laughs> yes, the home recipe. Mm, and, the, and the noble hops really... Do give it a little, a little bit of floral. And also say some grassy hay kind of notes in the back end, but yeah. yeah. And on my palate, I got it's got a nice mouthfeel. It's got the good pills bite from that sauce up with the nice dry bitters at the end, uh, and great carbonation by the way on this one in particular. Uh, this is great. Yeah, I like that it dries out. Maybe it's a little bit of bitterness at the very end, but it, yeah, it makes you want to attack more of it. Yeah, it's that Czech sauce, man. I love that stuff. <laughs> I get a little bit of floral on the aroma. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I wrote down effervescent, crisp. Um, I get a little bit of a hop, but really no bitterness. Because I'm not one of those guys that like likes to make that face when you drink something. It's like... Yeah, he's not an IPA fan. No. I mean, he kind of is now. We kind of turned right. him around a little bit. But after I, and I, and I get no years, bitterness. But. And I have... Uh, uh, this would make a good drinking game beer. Because you could... <laughs> Oh, like, you like crush this. that little bit of dryness at the end just <laughs> this you need dirty to have more. Pong ball in it. <laughs> yeah. well, that would only make it better, right? right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Trying to buy friends, cheering you on with some good music. Hell yeah. This would be a good beer for that. Yep, ping pong ball, balls on the floor with my cats, and then you throw it in a beer. So oh, can, perfect. So what can you tell us about brewing this beer there, Deb? Um, actually, this was uh, the brew team. So... Uh, we needed the yeast for something else, and so we used the Pilsner to prop it up. Okay. And that's kind of what we do. So we uh, have a 10-barrel system, and we'll start with uh, brewing a lighter lager of some sort, especially with lagers, um, and then prop it up for the bigger Oktoberfest batch. Nice. That's now gone. And you mentioned, uh, the, you mentioned the brew team. Uh, yep. Tell us about your brew team a little bit. Yep, we have uh, two head brewers um, in addition to uh, yourself, assistant brewer, and me. So <laughs> I'm the master brewer here at Urban Growler. And um, so it's the team. These are not all my recipes. This we is have three in addition to you. Yep, three in addition to me. So wow. it's. Uh, Who are they? Jacob Hamilton. Is one of them. Okay. Uh, Pat Keelaher and we met him earlier. You yeah, met, met Pat. Pat. You, you met Pat, and then uh, Daniel is our uh, assistant brewer. Okay. Props to those guys. Nice yep. Job, guys. They they work hard. Yes, they do. Jill, you got any final notes about the thrills on pills here before we take a quick ad break? Uh, 
Way to throw people under the bus there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more about the story, the culture, the the why Urban Growler exists. We're going to get into that so next. We, I promise you. We heard a brief story about something about a haystack up on the board, and then somebody wrote Pilsner, and then they erased it as far as the... The name the and name, where the name came from. I think Lily was or? telling us a story, but maybe not. No. Nope. Oh well, Lily. Lily does a lot of the graphics on the chalkboard here, mm-hmm. and uh, it just said Pilsner, and it was uneventful. But the name of this beer is Thrills for Pills. Right. I do love so, the name. So, she uh, fixed the board and made okay. it much more exciting. <laughs> and, that, and the name stuck. It sells yeah. like mad just because of the name. Yeah. Name. Yeah. Name sell. Beer. I do. I heard it was a controversial name. I heard that there was a couple of people that came up and be like, pills, you know, there's an opioid crisis uh, and stuff and like dumb comments like that, right? Uh, well, have you guys Lil- heard about those? No, Lily must have heard about those. <laughs> she was telling us a couple of stories about it. I'm oh like, my God. wow. That's, that's because people are dumb. Yeah. Well, I mean. So I mean, there is, but come on. I mean, overly sensitive can be a thing. I mean, I can understand people's thing, but it, it's just. That's how you name. react to stuff. That's all it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Everybody's. Everybody, you can't take beer the point of her story. Story. She said four different people came up to her in a row and said they liked it or hated the name, and they all had a different story to back it up. Yep. And it's like how divisive just the name can be sometimes when there's no weird intent behind exactly. anything. Exactly. It's a pilsner. That's why they call it pills, you shits. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you know what? Even bad publicity is good publicity because yeah, it's we're publicity. We're talking about it now. We yeah. try to avoid it as much as possible. Oh, I haven't heard any bad publicity about this brewery at all since, oh, I've, been, since I've been researching you guys. And it's been well, a little bit. So. We do talk about that. Like, we'll never have you give examples of, like, we'll, we'll never have names like Kilt Lifter. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That is just not part of our brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's respectful, and, and that truly is, you know, a part of what Urban Growler is all about: being respectful to everybody and everybody who likes beer, especially. Exactly. Yeah. All are welcome here. Yep. Even the non-beer drinkers are welcome here. Yeah, we make a great honey cream soda. We got a lot of NA options. You got and some kombucha I, up there. Yep. Kombucha that's made by Koru Kombucha. Woman-owned. She's a local uh, women kombucha brewer. And, and then that's I fantastic. Think, Thank and you I think, for using her. Yeah, and then I think we're going to talk with Lucky later, who uh, does some cocktail concoctions with oh, our double definitely. hard seltzer. I'm excited seltzer. to talk about those those double hard seltzers. Yes, Lucky's <laughs> one of our uh, assistant. He's our assistant general manager, and he's an amazing hard seltzer cocktail. I never once thought I was going to ever say the words, ooh, I'm so excited, and then seltzer following. Yes. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Oh, well, there's good seltzer, and then there's not And there's some shit. There is. Absolute garbage. (laughs) You're right. On that note, we should take a break. We should take a a break on hot garbage. All right, we'll take a quick ad break, and we'll be right back after this. But I don't have to pee yet. Big Earn here from Brews, Booze, and Reviews. Want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Bridgeview Liquors. Bridgeview is conveniently located in Moorhead, Minnesota at 935 37th Avenue South. They have an impressive selection of craft beers, wines, and all the boozes. They have a friendly and knowledgeable staff. In fact, uh, Bridgeview started their classes again on Saturdays. Go check out uh, Bridgeview on Facebook and click on their events tab for all the classes they have. 
and all the classes that they have coming up. For only 25 bucks, you can attend these classes and you get to sample some really good stuff. The guys and I actually went to one of the rum classes and it was a great experience. So for all the info on Bridgeview, including their hours of operation, check them out on Facebook. And when you do check out, mention Brews, Booze, and Reviews and you get 10% off your purchase. Thank you, listeners, and thank you, Bridgeview. Cheers. We here at Brews, Booze, and Reviews want to send a special shout-out and thanks to our sponsors, FargoUnderground.com. If you want to find out more about things going on in the FM area, just head over there to FargoUnderground.com, hover over the Events tab, and you can see things like the major events they have going on here in town. They have other events. They have classes and workshops and arts crafts. Or in the nightlife section, they have my favorite tab, which is the comedy section. So when you hit on that, that shows up coming comedy events for the current month that's happening. So head over to FargoUnderground.com, check out their events tab, and see what's going on in the area today. All right, welcome back from our ad break. I lied. I did have to pee. You did have to pee. Well, you, you have the bladder of a 90-year-old pregnant lady, so... Uh, and I she mean, wants it back. 90-year-old pregnant lady. Yeah. So, like, every 30 seconds, that, you got to piss. Is that Sarah? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but here we are again at Urban Growler Brewing Company, of course, with Deb and Jill. And you know what? We haven't spoke a lot with Jill yet. Uh, Jill, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came together and how actually I, I would like to cute meat story about how you and Deb met it's, it's actually a meat, it's a meat cute meat cute there yeah. we go you can say about, whatever order you want about how you and Deb met first and then how you oh came boy. about being a part of the brewery I mean yeah. I, I mean this is be fun well uh, Deb and I met 16 years ago at a craft beer bar and uh, we learned pretty quickly or early on that we wanted to do something together and uh, we would eventually you know we're not those lesbians that moved in together with or what how do you have you heard the joke how do lesbians pay for their first date bill no with their joint checking account (laughs) (laughs) how do they get home from their date with a u-haul we're not those people (laughs) oh she gets two points for that (laughs) so good jokes we we knew early on we wanted to do something together and i was in sales and marketing Mm -hmm. for the most part and uh we would sit at our house and drink homebrew and Deb's homebrew and be like, oh, what should we do together and come up with all these ideas. And then finally one day we're like looking at the pint in our hand and like, oh, let's open a brewery. And I always would add with a kitchen. And Deb would say, hell no. <laughs> Deb grew up in the restaurant industry and uh, uh, never yeah, wanted I, a restaurant. Listen, I know. I much- understand that 100 percent about not wanting to be a part of the industry after you've been in it. Well, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. But uh, have you seen so, the but, show, The Bear? No, but we keep hearing about it. We will watch it. Yeah. Well, Deb, jo- don't. You'll get flashbacks. Oh, I well, promise you. I'm living it. <laughs> <laughs> Jill's very strategic. So I took her out to a brewery in the area that doesn't have a kitchen. They have. Did you say it truck. was January? It was January, 30 below wind chill, and I'm like, I'm hungry, and she said, Me too. And so I said, well, I'm not standing outside. And she's like, I'll go. And she was gone for like 20 minutes. And she came back with blue lips. And she said, well, our, our brewery will have a kitchen. So <laughs> right. it worked. Oh, um, easy so cave. I, nice. I uh, ended up leaving my job. Like Deb left 
the biomedical engineering world, I left the sales and marketing world to work at a restaurant. So I worked for Blue Plate Restaurant, which is a pretty decent-sized restaurant group here. They have seven to nine restaurants. And um, they taught me pretty much everything there is to know about running a restaurant. So I'm forever grateful to Blue Plate, and Deb is forever grateful to Mark Stutrud at Summit because they both gave us our chances in the industry. So six years... Deb's pursuing everything about brewing, and I was doing all things food, and uh, I worked at a liquor store, too. From someone who can't cook, though, right? Exactly. I, I'm not I saying know. that I'm basing this off of what you have Yeah, she does said. not go in the kitchen. This no. is all the hospitality <laughs> side. No, I'm, exactly. I'm just a She's taste tester. She's a people tester. person. Yes, front of the house. Hospitality, yes, is my middle name. So, anyway. Um, so, we knew we really wanted to... <laughs> We knew we wanted to do something together, so once we figured it out, it was just full steam ahead, six years in planning. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we wrote, tell them about our business plan. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's 12 banks that said, fuck you to you two. Exactly. Let's talk about that for oh, a little let, bit. Yeah. Yes. Well, let yeah, me I tell you I want to get you, you fired up, that. Jill. Let's oh, get you fired up. Oh, my God. Up. I need a beer. I'm already angry. Well, we already um, had some. Well, there's some here. Okay. I'll help myself. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> uh Deb makes beer. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> so, yeah, we started, we, Deb's finished her master's in brewing. I've worked at these restaurants. We uh, had a 160-page business plan, and we learned wow, from... that's aggressive. It was. And, uh, <laughs> it wasn't short. It was not short. Very <laughs> thorough. We had six years or Beautiful. five years under our belt at this point. And uh, Palo Alto Software had a competition, a national business writing competition, and we're like, oh, we are so going to win this. And it was $10,000. and uh, For first place. For first place. So we submitted our business plan, and we were super excited. Get your button, Ratty. Mm-hmm. Super excited. <laughs> we won first runner-up. And uh, I don't think that's the sound wait she a minute. was thinking about. There's, get your just finger any, ready on a different button. Any sound will be great. We <laughs> lost to women saving starving children in Africa. And we were okay with that. Well, that's, uh, not, a, that's not bad. That's well, not, no. But we got $10,000 in free service. They got $10,000 cash. So, I mean, it was great. And so we have this award-winning business plan, industry experience. Um, we're professionals. We're not children. Um, and then we started going to banks. And we're like slap this big business plan on the table and tell them about all our experience and we were denied 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 and then we're like wait 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 wait. share some of the reasons why you were denied this is this is the most entertaining and uh uh downloadable content that you're going to receive today on this episode well share the first few banks were like starting to question ourselves like maybe it's the way we're dressing maybe you know maybe we should look more like brewers or wear suits or not wear suits like you really start to doubt yourself Mm -hmm. and then the fourth fifth sixth bank denies us and we're like okay we need to start finding out what the hell is going on here so we started to hear things like how will you girls keep those late night hours and now i've been working at a restaurant (laughs) till two in the morning I mean, um, opening at six in the morning, but here you're gonna love this one. How will you girls carry those big heavy bags of grain? Oh Jesus! Wow. You're married. What if you get divorced? And we're like, would you ask that of a heterosexual couple? Like, wow. what does that matter? 
It's wild. So, but the carrying big, heavy bags of grain comment was just that absolutely would just, ridiculous. That would irk my fucking goiter I mean, a lot. That would grind my gears. Probably the same way everybody else does it with a fucking pallet check, bro. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. lift with your legs. legs. Well, have you seen Deb? <laughs> yeah, that She's not back. like a petite little flower. Like, I thought she was going to flip the conference table over a couple of times. But anyway. <laughs> nice. Uh, the great news is, obviously, we did get funded. Uh, we had to get creative. So we would hold open houses here because we found this space. We negotiated a cheap rent for one year. And we'd yep. give tours of this empty building. Yeah, and this this whole process of this of tour was like a whole year long, It was right? a year long of what we like to call like bake sales. We gave away <laughs> Deb's homebrew. We gave away our carnita meat that we marinated in our beer. And we would just tell our story over and over and over again until we were hoarse. And we would be wearing down jackets and Carhartts because it was cold in here because we didn't want to pay for heat yet. Mm -hmm. And um, we were able, we gave so many tours and we were able to raise about $500,000. Wow. um, To help us get open. So we are forever indebted to some family, friends, and complete strangers for helping us get open. Wow, that's impressive. But our, the bank... Hey, that's the butt. That's the butt. I finally found it. The bank that Don't you call those people that invested in you something in particular? Founding members. Okay. Founding members, yep. And they are our our best sales team. Best sales team. They are... Biggest um, fans, greatest supporters. During COVID, they were here almost every week to help, you know, buy food to go and beer to go. Um, But then the bank that finally... uh, believed in us the 13th bank was pioneer bank out of mankato minnesota two hours away apparently we're less risky than a farm and he said this is a no-brainer you uh well you got your shit together you got a 160 page business plan you know what you're doing you raised half a million fucking dollars i'd be lucky if i could put together half a page for a business plan like i'm gonna build stuff and make money and that's the truth because there were young there were young brewers getting the same amount we were asking for with less experience and they the only and difference they were young plan. men yeah young men yeah so but they could carry the grain sack <laughs> right yeah well this this <laughs> still happens just so you know we have women coming here sharing their stories all the time saying thank you for sharing your story we are determined uh, and we are getting gritty and we're going to get this done but you just if you, you cannot curl up in the fetal position within you know, when you hear a few no's, you just right. need to keep, if you really believe in what you're doing and you're passionate about what you want to do, keep pushing. You got to keep going. Hell yeah. Someone Jill, will believe awesome. in you. Such an inspiring story. I mean, being rejected so many times for dumb reasons with something that you absolutely need to keep your dream going. Yes. I mean, and to continue that struggle. That's so much in you guys' character. We didn't as get a angry. As well. yeah, we just, no. it was fuel for our fire. Can mm-hmm. I tell you a quick, quick sweet justice yes. story so of when course. the they were doing an awards ceremony the small business administration and they had all those banks in one room there were hundreds of people there and they heard my story and they said we want you to come share your story with the banks in this room before we do the awards so i was able to tell exactly what i just shared with you and you could see like 12 banks start shrinking <laughs> in their chairs and we, i knew who they were that's uh, awesome. So that was kind of <laughs> sweet. That's, just. that's a good middle finger to those guys. Dude, that's like the best revenge story you could possibly. A nice, passive, Midwestern fuck you. You know what I mean? I love it. I love it so much. 
<laughs> God damn it, Jill, that's awesome. Well, you also, you know what? You also have a psychology background as well. Just, no, just, I have an undergrad. Undergrad. In, yes, so, adolescent psychology. And which that is has perfect. Come in, it's come in very handy <laughs> in this industry. Around these, yes. Yes. So how has that factored into, into being uh, uh, such a sales and marketing guru that you have done for so long? I, I really loved psychology because it is just about you know, what makes people tick or not tick. And um, I'm just fascinated by people. I truly love meeting people. I get... I feel somewhat uncomfortable always sharing our story over and over again because I want to now have another hour to hear about all of you. Um, and so that's what how I spend most of my time on the floor is just catching up with people and hearing. And I love, like, we've had people where they're here, you know, uh, on they're in between treatments for chemo. They're, you know... Mayo Clinic is from here too, yeah. Yes. I mean, we just, we get... They had their first date here. They had their first date here. Then they have their wedding here. Or bring then they bring in their baby. Like, I have a collection of, of ba- holiday cards with people's families where they had their first date, then their wedding here, then their three children. And I thought she was going to say she has a collection of babies. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was like, Whoa. oh, here's the dark turn. <laughs> like, it, it can't be no. all happy. No, just, <laughs> just family postcards. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. All. So, yes. So our mission to bring people together is really coming true for us. And that's what matters. We, what we tell people is we don't care how you vote, how you identify, who you love. All are welcome here. Period. That's Amen. wonderful because uh, yes. there, there is, is so much divisiveness going on, like right now, everywhere, right? Yeah. And especially yeah. with politics, it is yeah. bullshit. Yeah. What know? can we so. do to bring togetherness instead of separate? Beer, beer, beer. Exactly. Speaking of beer, I'm just excited for this next one. If yeah. we're ready to get to it, you know, I'm going to tell the story about this one. So this next beer on the docket is the Vanilla Latte God. Blonde Ale. Now, I had this from cans from you hundreds of miles away and this is how I got to learn about you guys and I thought honestly this had to this is one of my favorite coffee beers ever made oh this is so and I think it's pretty much a consensus in, in our group we've done uh, we've at done least coffee when we, beer episodes at least when we me. started when we tasted everything here um, we like to taste everything and then pick our favorites and then what do you guys want to talk about and we all went, well, this one's going on. Like, <laughs> first smell of it. Like, yes. didn't even have to taste it. I'm like, wow, well, we're absolutely talking about this beer. I love the vanilla latte, Blondale. And I, I bought four, well, actually two four-packs uh, since I found it at Bridgeview Liquors, which are one of our sponsors at Moorhead, since then. And it's almost like it's got to be a staple because sometimes you just want a fucking coffee beer. Mm-hmm. You know, on a Sunday morning before you watch the games, crack one of them open, whatever. On a cold, dreary, rainy day like today. today yeah. Yes. Perfect. Uh, it's perfect. You know, this is for the next six months. This is. Uh, yes. The it's, also a, it's a really good beer blended with cowbell or De Lovely Porter. Oh. It's like half and half. Yeah. So if you want to cut the sweetness, that's oh, I, I could see that. I could see this with cowbell. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. me, man. This is straight up vanilla latte oh, yeah, for me. Uh, I mean, the nose, nose is super, super roasty, right? I listen, mean, big, listen. bold, beautiful coffee notes uh, immediately. I, I like that it's thick and creamy mouthfeel. The vanilla, to me, like what, at least when I first drank this, I didn't get right away. Yeah, it's it was all like nuance. coffee. And then all of a sudden, like it just crept up in the back. I'm like, oh my God, my mouth's just getting sweet for no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. 
it was it was absolutely beautiful. Finish is sweet. Now I get the cut. When I go back to it, I get the vanilla right away as well. But that mm. co- the coffee and the roastiness on this is fucking perfect. Yeah, and to get that vanilla, you got to do like the rule of three. Uh, got to have three sips. First one is to, to rinse your mouth out from what the hell you're drinking before. Second one is start getting some of the nuances from the malt bill. The third sip is always when you're getting all the subtle nuances of that beer in particular. If you're going to drink it three times, you're going to have to have a really big glass because that first drink is going to be a uh, big one. Substantial. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this is what I got. This is what I got for nose. Uh, Coffee shop. That's it. When I smell this, uh, even warmed up a little bit, I just got straight walking into a a coffee shop. Starbucks, if if you're a corporate person. Uh, for us locally, it's Caribou Coffee or North Star Coffee. Here I believe it's pronounced Karabu. Karabu. Gotcha. Uh, That's it's, it's like made up. Ours is Workhorse <laughs> Coffee. Workhorse. They're in the neighborhood. Yeah. Or, or we got Black but That's up. what you guys use, right? No, uh, actually. True Stone. Uh, True Stone Coffee. True Stone. So True Stone used to uh, roast their coffee in this building. So we're in a, a very large old building. And used to be a, a police department with horses building? Yeah, well, it was what? built in the late 1800s. And the That's where they house so the city Ernie. of St. Paul police horses. <laughs> yeah. The St. Paul police department was housed here? The, the horses. 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 Yeah. So think in the late 1800s. This is wow. not, not like... It's also Last where week. they made Hart Downhill skis and Northland professional hockey sticks. Wow. Yep. Wow. This, a lot of things. This building wears a lot of hats. It does. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, and then uh, True Stone Coffee used to be in there, and so we use their coffee. Now they've expanded and moved about a half mile away, but we still use their coffee in this beer. Use those same horses to bring it yep, back and forth? Yeah, the horse goes right over there again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, can you see the railroad tracks? Yes. The beer garden? So the... The, you can see the tracks go right up to the building. So these were horse-drawn cars through here. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, not horse a locomotive. Train cars, really? They were horse-drawn cars. That is nuts. Isn't that cool? I like the sign that says it's no longer in service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that goes right through <laughs> the It puts my mind at ease a little <laughs> yeah. bit, you know. I'm, there's a couple of bars that are real close to railroad tracks in Fargo. Oh, boy. And I was like, saw these ones, like, oh, shit. <laughs> now that's close. That hits Right through where people are sitting. You know, you gotta watch it. Keep your hands inside your chair. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, trolley cars, yeah. Yeah. Final note for me on this one uh, this has such a nice mouthfeel. It's a great combo of beer and coffee that I've uh, probably ever had. Big Earn thoughts on this one before we kick it over to these guys and how they made it. Sure. Um, I get on the aroma just ground coffee, just like fresh ground roasted coffee. Mm On the taste, obviously coffee. I get that vanilla sweetness, but it's not like diabetes vanilla uh, sweetness. It's just a good coffee sweetener. So no, no right no, next to you if you so can't good. see him. So none of this then? Diabetes. No, right. No. Okay, and then I think that lactose really smooths that out. Like basically a like coffee creamer. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I want uh, Chris to get his own room because I want to wake up next to this. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you guys decide to make this and, and how did it come about? And Because it's such a, I think it's probably, That's in my opinion, you're probably your best beer. No offense, but I love this beer. No yeah. offense taken. No, uh, it's just kind of different using a blonde ale versus a... Is it your urban, uh, uh, what is it, the blonde Urban ale. Oasis blonde ale that you're using as the background of this one? Yeah, it's kind of the base of it. There's more things we do to it, but yep, basically 
um, an enhanced version of that with uh, lactose and whole bean coffee, which gives it a, a smooth, extra smoothness. So yeah, and not bitter, right? Not bitter. Yeah. So that's what is appealing. There's a lot of aroma. It's not bitter. It's not harsh. Uh, just well balanced. That's yeah. a good brunch beer. A lot of uh, a lot of coffee beers, and what I like about coffee too is the bitterness. You know, I think we've all got a little sociopath in us. So well, I like we my like coffee like I like my women. No, oh, bitter. <laughs> oh, I, thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something stupid. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I like bitter um, women. All right. But this doesn't come across. This does not finish with that same coffee bitterness. And I, I typically, again, drink my coffee just straight. No sugar, no creamer, no nothing. Because I like that bitter finish. And this doesn't have that at all. <clears throat> so it surprised me that I liked it as much. Because I like things that have a little bit of a bitter finish. It makes me keep wanting to go back to the glass and keep some of those other flavors there but this just I mean there's been a couple much. brewers that add cold brew coffee to their stuff but that just tends to water it out and thin it out so I think your addition of just whole beans really does not bring out that two day old coffee sitting out kind of bitterness and it just brings and, that coffee flavor to it without and, that and uh Quite honestly, we've uh, done a lot of tests with different coffees because you can get totally different tastes. Oh, yeah. And bitterness or more acidity changing the bean of coffee. Right. So we use a combo of beans that provide a certain kind of taste. And you don't uh, just wing it, huh? <laughs> well, when there's supply chain <laughs> issues, you uh, sometimes right. have to figure out uh, plan B, and sometimes plan B turns out to be better than the original. So you There know. you go. Is Happy that little a beer name? Is there a beer name plan B? Well, I'll write that Probably. down. Yeah, I kind of like it. That's good. Idea. We're, we're probably down to plan, oh, plan God, G. I, I was going to say yeah. something probably really inappropriate. I want to add one more thing. I agree with both Chris and Knox on that. I like, so I drink a cup of coffee every morning. I brew it, and then I set it aside for it to cool off because I can't handle hot things, soup, everything. So I usually drink my coffee room temperature. And we've all had those coffee beers where it tastes like two-day-old coffee, which I, I like for different reasons, where this is like fresh ground, fresh brewed coffee with a vanilla creamer in it and just has very, very little bitterness to it. I, I so I kind of agree with Chris that I, but I also like sweet things, so that's also why I like this. No, that's all your Pooh Bear. He's a, he <laughs> loves like, honey. I like honey. <laughs> so he's our Pooh Bear. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's his nickname. Um, any other final notes about? Well, yeah. Any other final notes about this uh, vanilla latte, Bonnie? That was it for Excellent. me. All right, our next beer on the docket is going to be the Hazy IPA. This was another one we all kind of agreed on. Yeah. Oh, I get oh, citrus, melon, maybe some lemon on the aroma. Well, my first note um, on this, because I don't really don't, I'm not a big fan of most hazy IPs because they always have that, let's throw as much hop oil down your throat as possible and then burn on the way down. You know, too much hops, just shove as much in there as possible, but... I, what I like about this is that it it's juicy, but still IPA. I mean, I get nothing but nectarines in the nose. Uh, not only just the regular fruit themselves, but also the pith and the, and the skin itself, which I really respect because that gives you the kind of like that bitterness from the, the hops for this IPA. Um, 
on the palate. Oh, go ahead. I, I, well, I get as it because this is sat now for a couple minutes. I get like more peach on the aroma now. Maybe what? less melon, more peach. Sweetness. I get a little bit. I get a little bit more passion fruit and mango as it warms up. Oh, I was thinking grapefruit and pineapple, and that's what's cool about everybody else mm-hmm. sucking at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so on the, on the palate, I get that it's really thick. It's got a really nice, beautiful, uh, fluffy mouthfeel to it. Uh, it's slightly, it's juicy. It's slightly vegetal, but you know, I think this might be the first beer that I had a little vegetal taste that I I, I like it because that just means that there's hops in there for me, but there's no hop burn. Yeah, none. None. It's it's just a big, bright, juicy fruit, not the gum, but you know what I'm saying. You know, it, it's just all there, thick. It's, it's yeah, making me I almost not be able to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got so much stuff in my mouth. Yeah, this is. Uh, I got to tell you, this is this was uh, kind of surprising because I've never heard of you guys' IPA game being being anywhere at all. Much less being you guys have an IPA that's really fucking good. So I yeah. also wrote down legs with a long line because that taste kind of stays with you for a while. Yeah, and it's a nice taste. It's yeah. not a, a bitter, it's not that bitter after IPA taste that I hate that makes you shut an eye or two. Yeah, it's just that that legs are nice and long and they're juicy, and that's kind of a rare thing on some of these hazy IPAs. So this one is actually hazy 4.0. So much many iterations and okay. uh, this well, is also on this iteration this is also the benefit of having a, a close brew team so this is a, a team effort and um, what hops did you use um, in this version I think El Dorado Centennial uh, Azaka and some more and some other ones <laughs> Uh, industry secret knots. I get some of that. Well, Eldor- I, I get sh- that El Dorado and I get that uh, um, Centennial. I'm not still not all that familiar with the Zaka and the flavor notes on that one. Yeah. Um, so we, we're we're uh, revising them and now uh, we we add them all late now because I agree with the hot burn and our last versions had a little mm-hmm. bit of the hot burn, which some people like. But that's not not what we're. Uh, after. I know. I know what it comes. Not to, what we're after. I know when it comes to hazies, a lot of people like to throw a lot of that in, in like the, on the at the flash point. You know, when you're flashing out of the flame uh, on the boil. Uh, it, yeah, a lot of, uh, in the in the whirlpool mm-hmm. now, and in the fermenter. And you don't do any dry hopping, correct? Uh, we do a little dry hopping. A little on this one. Yep. Uh, we, three days, four days. What do you What do you got? Um, later even. Oh really? Yep. Uh, is this a seven-day fermentation for you, or? Yep. Okay, so you're pretty throwing... much five to seven days. So you're throwing it in like on, well, at the on end, this... near the end. Okay, okay. Right before your cold crash and everything, yep. right? Okay, gotcha. So are we gonna have a 5.0, or have we nailed it now? Uh, I don't know. This we're, we're gonna good. have a 5.0, which will be uh, a, a version of this. So one of the other uh, beers that we have out here is our Tornado Drill IPA, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure we're going to be tasting today, but why not? That Uh-oh, one is... I am. Oh, well, that one is... Where's the glasses? With they the uh, bergamot them. hops. So there's a lot of orange in there. I can go get... I'll glasses. go run and grab some. Yeah, this is a really good beer. I don't I don't know what else to say about this one. Uh, I please. get a lot of pineapple in this one, and I love pineapple, so it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Uh, any other final notes about this 6.6% ABV high, hazy IPA from Urban Growler Brewing? 
Bigger. Nope. Yeah, send us I your names. Because uh, the hardest part about releasing a new beer is a name. Because everything's taken. Everything's taken. But yeah, basically everything's taken, yeah. Any of the final notes about the CZIP before we move on? Zero. All right. That's how much will be left uh, when I'm done. Well, we're going to say uh, we're gonna say goodbye to Jill for this rest of this episode. Well, do we want to do this tornado drill real quick? Should we taste it? We can taste it real quick, yeah. We can do that. So right. tell us about this tornado IPA real quick. So tornado drill IPA is really hop forward. Uh, there's It's clear. Looks like a West Coast IPA clear. Yep. Um, this Which I one, like. This one actually has some oats in it, too. So it's kind of oh. a little bit of a cross between West Coast and East Coast. Not so much hall, though. Not hall and oats. Oh, no. Jesus. I know, right? It gets a little done then. Anyway, this one is <laughs> dry hopped with bergamot and Simcoe. And uh, what notes do you get from bergamot? Well, you smell it. Tell me what you think. Oh, Let's see what comes. Okay, put me on the spot. Yeah, maybe do your yeah. job. You've only done this 200 maybe. times. All right. I get a lot of floral notes. Uh, cherry blossom, apple I get blossom. Wa- I get watered melon. Watered melon. Maybe melon, just watermelon. Melon of water? Yes. Um, I get orange. So a bergamot. Maybe like orange peel. Orange zest or whatever you want. I, okay. But I, get, I do, I get, I do a, get that melon too, though. Yeah, I get oh. melon forward first. I get some of that candy lemon on the, on the tail end of that nose. So this one is uh, all about the hops. And it, it's got a little bit fuller body. So. Ooh, almost like a blood orange in there, too, if I really think about the nose. I'm taking notes. About what they're saying. What, what this really is amazes me is that this is like West Coast IPA clear, and I really wish it more breweries would would switch to these clear IPAs that are, are much more uh, yeast, you know, cold crashing it, getting everything nice and clear again. Yeah, like that, oh, so that one's clear. Like a way it used to be. Mm-hmm. This is like yep. grapefruit and watermelon. At ne- like I get melon and some other like tropical fruit, but real sharp. Ah. Uh, not just bitterness, but like yeah. that hot vegetable resi- resiny, resiny. Is this the one you chopped up the tree for? <laughs> no, that was a spruce. No, tip. I hope this is a little better than that one. Oh no, it's good. I just I get some of that piney resinous, but it, it makes your lips kind of stick together. But it's not like it's not like incredibly overwhelmingly bitter. I you know. I, I like that it it feels like it, or it tastes like it feels sticky. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's what I said. My lips want to stick together. What you about and Chris would like. I wish they would. Fascinating. <laughs> Look at you stealing my work. <laughs> this, is, this one's fascinating, Joe. This is incredibly fascinating. All right, well, let's swap you out because we're probably totally <laughs> wrong. This is a lager. No, no. <laughs> for Lucky no, it's here, a, yeah. it's a sour. All right, I'll sign off and I'll send Lucky over. Jill, thank you so much. Uh, good luck yes. on your tour. And, thank you. And uh, I love having you on. Thank you so much for telling we're your so story. So grateful yeah. that you're here. Thank you. Come back. Oh, and, and if anyone comes here and says they heard you all heard about us on your show yeah we'll do a tour and i'll give them a beer for the tour oh nice oh, there you go there you, there you go. go wow thank you about bruce again reviews. really appreciate yeah, it yeah like five going listeners on a correct <laughs> yes five. i'm hoping it's only five <laughs> listeners. we only have five in minneapolis <laughs> oh. and, that, <laughs> Perfect. and you're two out of the five we're three <laughs> yeah okay great it's this my I, I stand behind my offer right. well thank you very much Jill. I appreciate <laughs> thank you jill thank you so much thank you all right let's get on now that she's gone deb 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now let's tell the truth. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk spousal <laughs> truths. Yes. As I pour some more of this uh, tornado drill. Yeah, so, that's delicious. So this next one um, is going to be the ginger bourbon, and we're going to wait on Lucky to get here a little bit. Uh, in the meantime... Um, we could we have this rhubarb thing too in front of us. Yeah, yep. let's talk about that. With uh, with yeah, so so this is a rhubarb wit beer. Yep. Tell us about this. How did you guys decide to make a rhubarb wit? And I gotta tell you, first off, I love fucking wit beers. So thank you so much for being. It's become a new beer. passion of mine is the wheat yeah. wit stuff. Yeah. So um, the uh, I, this was an old homebrew recipe that I made because my sister said she didn't like beer. I'm like, you just haven't had the right beer. So I uh, how about I get, how about I make you a beer that's got banana clove and bubble gum at the same time? Yeah, you'll love it. Trust and, me. Well, I, the inspiration was rhubarb crisp, and she um, so it uses a lot of the ingredients rhubarb cr- rhubarb crisp, um, a Belgian yeast strain. To bring out some of that tartness of the rhubarb, mm-hmm. and you get might get some of the rhubarb in the finish, and it turned out she loved the beer, and it um, was just one of my homebrew staples. Well, shortly after we opened, we opened in July, and of 20, 2014. Yeah, yep, I was going to say fifteen. But I'm sorry, twenty fourteen. Yeah, twenty fourteen, and. Um, we started out with a cowbell cream ale and a rye IPA, and then I, the next beer was this rhubarb wit. And you can imagine when you're opening a brewery, there's a lot of uh, things that are new, including the equipment. And so I hadn't brewed that many batches on it yet. Uh, I was brewing in the middle of the night. I was exhausted. I put the rhubarb in the kettle, and I had a little rhubarb volcano. Oh, no shit. <laughs> no shit. What is a rhubarb volcano? Oh, well, let's just say Jill found rhubarb by the front door the next day. Oh, oh man. So it's a good thing I was brewing alone. Um, well, OSHA, don't listen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the process has been modified since then. But Yes. Um, there's a lot of love in there. There's a, about 100 pounds of rhubarb in, in one batch, in a 10-barrel batch, and that's a, all uh, from a local farmer, the Vang Family Farm. It's part of our Plow to Pint series, and so um, we uh, treat it with a lot of love in the kitchen. We clean it, we chop it, we roast it, puree it, and then, then it goes into the beer. So, Well, you know, coming from a guy who used to go out in his, back, in his mom's backyard and just break off a chunk of rhubarb, take the leaf off and just chew it. And a, a huge fan of wood beers in general with that clove, bubble gum, and, and amazing uh, flavors from there. The underlying beers. wheat beer here is really good. Yeah. You get all those flavors like you were talking about next that come through really well. The rhubarb adds a little bit of this nice like tartness, right? Almost, you know. But it's not a drying Me, on your almost, tongue almost, tartness. Me personally, also being a child that would just put whatever in his mouth when he was walking around outside. <laughs> you, you, know? you still do that. Like, <laughs> I maybe want a, even a little more of that rhubarb tartness myself because I'm such a sucker for rhubarb. But. Yeah, but if you do that, you're going to take away from the wit beer, and the wit beer base is so good. I know. That's why I'm not a goddamn. That's why I'm not a professional. I don't know. I think, I think it's. I think oh, it's yeah. that's the first step to a cure, make, Chris. I think, make, I think it's great. Make a regular and then make a rhubarb. I love your wit. Thank you. Thank you, Deb. Yeah. 
It's fantastic. I really did. I kind of get. I I take this like I like my peanut butter beers. I every almost every peanut butter beer I I have had, I want more peanut butter taste. But then I've had those beers that do have that peanut butter taste, and I'm like, this is really not that great. Yeah, it's too so much. So sometimes yeah. more is not better. So I, I kind of agree with Chris. I would almost want some more rhubarb in here, but I do think it would take away from the everything else. Aspect, yeah. That really sure. brings everything and melts everything together. I, I don't but get I mean, a whole lot of rhubarb on the aroma. I, I just get the, the, the clove and the banana. But uh, tasting, the I do get it in the bubble. And then, but I do get it at the end, and then it kind of dries away. It's almost like out. a rhubarb sorbet yeah. at the very end. Oh, it's nice. Like a rhubarb pie filling. Oh, well, maybe it's not, not that too sweet. tart. That's too sweet. That's just, well, just a little. I wonder if they're going to fight later. All right, I don't maybe. Know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're. Uh, we've That's got... Shannon's job. So we're moving on to the next beverage, and the next beverage is the ginger bourbon, and we welcome to the podcast Lucky himself. Lucky Justin. Lavender. Hello there. Hi, everybody. And, and you are the general manager slash mixologist for this joint, right? Correct. Yes. So tell he us. You had to look to see if that was an appropriate title. <laughs> <laughs> Am I? Is that just good a promotion? <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about how you got to here, be hired here at Urban Growler and how you got to be in charge of these cocktail beverages and such. Well, um, I was the first person hired after the governor said we could reopen to indoor dining. Um, so I was happy for Deb and Jill to give me the opportunity. Um, and then after, I don't know, about six months of working here, Deb pulled me in the back cooler and she said, Hey, I want you to look at this. I've got this thing. I've got this stuff, this liquid. And I want you to do something with it. And I said, What is it? And she said, Well, it's sugar water and yeast aha <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. and no grain <laughs> and no and grain delicious. lots of nutrients <laughs> um, and so the very first cocktail we did was just your simple basic Moscow mule um, and now it's gone Which is also delicious we've tried that today <laughs> thank you thank you um, but yeah now it's gone gangbusters and I mean knock on wood we can do just about anything and it's became a rather large category in our drink offering. So you guys just brew like a, a regular... Okay, so I know you guys, for your cocktail program, um, it's a double seltzer. So it's a higher ABV seltzer. Yeah, it's a double so, hard seltzer pushing 15% ABV. Okay. Wow. And then, Damn. So that's just a... A base. for Just a base. It's clean. Yep. It's clean. There's nothing going on there. Chris, you need to realize... How hard it is scientifically to produce a 15% clean hard seltzer. No, I understand. I've been doing Holy this for a while. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> that's why I have other questions outside of that. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so you start out with this clean base seltzer, right? And then you, then what do you do? Um, there's lots of different infusions that happen. Use a lot of fresh herbs. A lot of fresh herbs. Uh, the main thing I try and do is make drinks that taste like actual cocktails and not ready to drink seltzer cans. So when you say infused, do you take like a barrel or like maybe like a, a, a six stool or something? Well, first thing of you the, need to understand, Knox, is how hard it is to get a 15% alcohol <laughs> or what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
you get one of those. Right. Two pay, Chris. Two pay. I know. Touche. So do you guys get like a, a, a full keg or do you do a six till of the seltzer and then you add infuse with that? Or how do you go about the process of doing that? Well, it started off really small. What's the name of the container that you had it in first when you first showed me? The six still? Uh, a six still. It's, Corny keg. Okay. It was different. So it's a six of a barrel. Yeah. Yeah, six um, of a barrel. So, we, yeah, we started off making smaller batches, and now we're making, what, 10 barrel batches of it? Yeah. Oh, so we Ooh, make... That's a big not, jump up. Yeah. No, of the base. Okay. Just the base. Okay. It's all so about lucky, the base. Lucky will take... It's all about the base. About yeah. the base. <laughs> nice. Oh, you get one of these Wait, today. no, who gets that? Me or her? Of course it's her. <laughs> well, you didn't finish it. It's you didn't finish the delivery. it. You didn't finish the delivery. It's all about the delivery. This is what we've been telling you for fucking ever, bro. It's a delivery. God damn. He just doesn't learn. It's all right. He's uh, still so, cute. That, so we'll make 10 barrels of the base. Lucky will get a half barrel or two, and then he'll make smaller batches that last about a week. With, he uses fresh herbs. Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll take your everyday normal muslin bag. And then whenever we have a new employee, they're like, what is that sweaty sock that you're doing right there? And I was like, it's called a muslin bag, and I'm infusing things, but sure. Look, you, you take this this bag that's a mesh bag, you t- take your infusions in there, and then you put it inside the beard, and you let it sit. That's all it is, ladies and gentlemen. It's infusions. Uh, for a fair amount of the things. And then, you know, I got a couple other tricks up my sleeve oh, here really? and there with different Top juices. Secret? and. Um, uh, for the bourbon recipe, I prefer to not reveal my secrets. Fair All right. Enough. Well, that's what we're about to talk about right now is the ginger bourbon. So let's get specific. This is a, a bourbon ginger pear. Ginger pear bourbon cocktail. Yeah. Okay. So describe how you made this as much as you can without, I guess, revealing industry secrets. Air quotes. Um. So there's different bourbon flavorings that you can use. Okay, um, fair enough. Basically, Minnesota's got some funky liquor laws, and so the only alcohol I can put into the drink is the 15% double hard seltzer. Yeah. Um, and how hard is it to uh, make a 15%? <laughs> it's really hard to make one that's clean. Yes. Thank you, Deb. Appreciate uh, it. So... Much experimentation, many different yeasts tried, many different nutrients, mm. many different pHs. So so many dumped fine. batches. <laughs> no dump batches. No dump batches? Oh, okay. Well, you showed some, me. Some that uh, were aged a long time. So one of the things, early on at least, with uh, the yeast is that they would take frickin' forever, like months. So that's not a very... Um, Cost effective. <laughs> no, not a good cost effective now. So I think we've figured out a way to do it um, with different yeasts and different times and pHs. And I think we're pretty darn close. We can do it pretty quick now. Science. We don't have to wait three months anymore. Exactly. Well, and I think one of the variations you showed me, I was like, oh, it tastes like sake. And you're like, oh, it has a sake yeast in it. Yeah. Wow. We tried that too. How that turn? wasn't your best? No, no, <laughs> too, it, too it ricey, too out. delicate. No, 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 it stalled out. It uh, couldn't take the alcohol. Oh, pussy. I mean, I don't know. That's I don't a, know what did. That's a weak out. yeast. Never, never fermented <laughs> out. It was only a little off. bit. Which you know, if you're making a cocktail where you want some sugar left, mm-hmm. but I was going for a hundred percent fermentation, right. totally dry. Ah. But it will still work in a cocktail. 
you just you don't need to add any simple syrups. You already got the sugar. So there's a lot of things you can do. So when you get this cocktail made here, are you, do you have like a a premix thing that you do? So you just do the double seltzer and then pour the premix on top of that, or how is that process? Yeah. So that's part of the challenge to making all these cocktails is you know you can pour a beer in about ten seconds. If you're at a craft cocktail bar, it could take a bartender four minutes to make you one cocktail. Right. That's not profitable for us here in the brewery. So I have to do it so that the beer slingers can make them almost as quick as we can pour a beer. Okay. Um, so yeah, so sometimes my hands are tied behind my back, but yeah, I will take the on tap double hard seltzer, put it in a growler, um, add my different bourbon flavorings and different ingredients that I use. Um, I found a really top shelf pear juice. Uh, I tried different pear hmm. purees, uh, but they all were a little too grainy. Okay. Um, so I found the pear juice, and then um, we've got a ginger beer that's a good product that we use for a number of our cocktails. And it's really just those four ingredients. It's kind of, a, kind of a less is more. So with all of the cocktails, though, so you got the, a margarita, and you've got an old-fashioned, and you've got all these, and that mojito is fucking killer. That one's fun, for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that should be definitely on a regular lineup. So do you have the, do you go through then and just pre-mix those batches so you can just oh, like pour them into it? Yeah, for so that they'll, stuff then? they'll pour the bourbon in uh, into the tulip, and then they've got some lemon juice or lime juice all sitting on the bar ready to go. Um, and then just top with a little ginger beer, give it a stir, and garnish. We've been using some crystallized ginger right now. Excellent. Wow. Because I want to say about this in particular, right? Um, this this bourbon pear ginger. The ginger comes out. I love ginger. I'm a, My go-to drink just at home because I'm lazy as shit is either drinking whiskey straight or drinking it with ginger ale. That's it. <laughs> give me, I mean, it's easy. Give me whiskey and ginger ale. Uh, Canada dry ginger ale all goddamn day. You know? Right. Um, so... Yeah, big into ginger things and mules, and and the ginger on this is really nice. It's lighter than um, what I expected with ginger being in the name. Yeah, it's not spicy, but it but it plays off really well, and you get this really nice sweetness throughout the whole thing. This is a a, a goddamn banger. Well, you got well. Thank you for that. Um, you guys are gonna have to come back in February and try the ginger lemongrass martini. Uh, that one will knock your socks off. It's definitely not I don't even wear socks. The ginger that hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! All right, you get one of them. But yeah, if you're looking for that big ginger hit, it's very invigorating. Um, yeah, the ginger lemongrass martini is popular. Well, and what was really cool, like your, so your uh, growling mule, that had like Grr, the ginger. The yeah. ginger. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were doing impressions. <laughs> All right. Um, but but that the, the ginger that came across, for some reason, seemed earthier and stuff. And maybe it's just the way everything plays together. But, you know, anyway, kudos. I, I really you. enjoy this cocktail. Thank you. Yeah, so don't just come to Urban Growler just for the beers. You get seltzers, and you get beer cocktails, and you get seltzer cocktails. So that's a mixture of everything. So, uh, do you, Deb, how did this, like, beer cocktail like mixing different beers come to come about was that your oh, invention or oh i think we might have started with one but the staff is is uh totally on board with mixing everything together like our candy corn imperial cream ale which is coming out in a couple weeks coming out in a couple weeks gets mixed with cowbell and they call that a mad cow 
but ah, they're uh, the, the team is kind of constantly mixing different things. So that they're uh, an inspiration behind a lot of that. Well, for, well, I gotta tell you, from what I can tell from today's tasting notes and everything else, and the, and the drinks that we've tried and the beers that we've tasted, you guys are doing everything right. So I, I really appreciate you having us here. Yeah. Man, and, and having a, a, a cocktail expert here uh, mixing your seltzers is a great idea. Nice job on that hire, by the way, guys. Lucky it's been he great having you on. He couldn't agree more. <laughs> You're not getting any more money, though. <laughs> no, no, no. Is there any other final notes about uh, uh, today's episode? No, here? I just really appreciate you guys having us. I, I've, had, I've had a great time. I've enjoyed almost everything I put in my mouth. Almost. I, mm. I was chewing on my fingernails earlier, and I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> well, I mean, that. we took a drive up here from far no, away, too. As no, well, it so. was fantastic. Oh, good. Everything, Glad to hear it. Everything's been great I here. like this space, too. You know, you got this tap room, and then you got this barrel room back here, which we went and spied on a little bit, which is a really cool uh, spot as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of really cool things about this space. Okay. I really enjoy it. It, it makes you. us very versatile, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm excited for the fish fry. Yeah, it yep. is Friday. Yeah, and then you guys have oh. a full-size kitchen here too, right? So tell us about your, your kitchen stuff, if you can. Uh, yeah. all. Yep, we have uh, upscale pub food, and uh, we make we have everything in our own kitchen, so no food trucks. Like we mm-hmm. said, Jill cured me of that. <laughs> Wise choice. Wise choice. So on Friday, we have a Wisconsin-inspired fish fry. Which we're going to eat today. You're going to eat today. And uh, we have... Great burgers, a fantastic fish sandwich. We have vegetarian and vegan options. I've heard an incredible Reuben. Best Reuben in the Twin Cities. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. a rumor. You know, we I had to probably just order a Reuben to, to fucking share while we right. eat our fish. We had a woman um, come up to us and say, honey. A Reuben appetizer. I'm Jewish and from Brooklyn, and this is the best Reuben of my life. That's wow. fucking phenomenal. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Fuck. Now I'm, now I'm super conflicted. Um, also, I saw this when I went to the bathroom, which I thought was really cool. Uh, you, you guys have a, a art thing? Oh, well, we do art in our tap room. Every quarter is a different artist, and Lucky is actually in charge of that. Well, you have a, like a paint your pets thing going on. Oh, yeah. It's, you send in a photo of your pet, and they digitalize it. It's kind of a paint-by-number type of thing, and then you hang yep. out in the barrel room, you get so, a free pint. And, oh, yeah. so it's does, really fun. Does the paint come off with like a shower they actually paint the real pets right i mean (laughs) we literally just adopted a rescue dog yesterday that we've been fostering for yeah it's too early to paint them oh is it okay but no i thought that was i thought that was a really cool idea that it's uh you know because some people are artists but they like to dabble right and the, the idea of you send the photo in ahead of time and then they put together that Paint by numbers deal. Yeah. So you come in, drink a beer, paint a picture of your own fucking pets. I've got four cats and two Cayuga ducks, and it sounds like a fun time. Cayuga duck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two of them. This guy's got. Oh, that sounds good for supper, too. Cayuga. Free eggs now, uh, which is cool. All right. Well, Debbie, we want to thank you for having us. Hey, Lucky, it's been great to have me on the show. Thank you for talking about your, your, your. Cocktail-inspired seltzers. Uh, Jill's busy on a tour and, and doing her thing here. We want to thank her for having her on the show and contacting me about doing this podcast. And you know what? Urban Growler Brewing. It's been fun being here. Uh, Deb, any final notes about uh, that you want to tell the people? Well, 
where about your social media is? Do you like Instagram? Well, you should have asked Jill that. Yes, oh. we have social media. We have Instagram, Facebook. Lucky, what else we got? Those are the main two that we use. Yeah, yeah. same here. <laughs> We're open every day but Monday, so just check out our website or on Google and come in and check us out. We're family friendly. We're a lot of fun. And, How far uh, out do you distribute? Uh, we are mainly in the Twin Cities metro. We do have accounts close to St. Cloud and Rochester as well. But oh, if, you have one in Moorhead as well. And Moorhead. I guess we have one it. in Moorhead. I don't know how it got there, but okay. Well, we love it there. Thank yeah, you very much. Even if it was an accident, I'm thankful. Yeah, yeah I'm, thankful well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you had some too. So that's what turned we, me on to you guys in the first place. And I looked you up after having that beer, and I'm like, we got to go here. Yeah, for, Knox for, likes well, to be turned on. Yes, I do. <laughs> I just wish he was turned down. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for having us. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors supporting our show. We want to thank your listeners without whom this podcast couldn't happen. And to you, we say, may your glasses be full and, and your, your spirits, spirits high. Cheers. Oh, wait, it's not up there. This has been a Predicate Productions episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews. Follow us on all social medias at Brews, Booze, and Reviews. Special thanks to our sponsors for supporting our podcast. You, too, can support our show by supporting them. We have merch for sale and additional content available on Patreon. New content coming always because it's fun to come always.